So, what's your name? My name is Brian Brandler. And Brian, where are you from? I'm originally from New Jersey, and uh, now I live in Annapolis, Maryland, which is a really, really pretty city. If you've never been, you should definitely visit. So, Brian, as an artist, what do you do? Um, I, uh, I would say I identify myself primarily as a member of a uh, eight-member um, vocal band or a cappella group. Our group's name is Vox Pop. All right, so Brian, this is the moment of truth. What is the question that you have? Um, if, uh, you know, if you're an indie artist uh, in a scene like we are, um, what is the most effective way to, you know, get your name out there and, and book gigs? This is Artist File. Here's your host, Felipe Cabezas. Exposure. Everyone wants it. Of course, it's not easy to get, especially in the arts. There are barriers to overcome, and it seems as if everybody's trying to walk through the same door at once. So what do we do? How can we convince others to give us a platform to share our art with the world? If you build it, they will come. That does not apply at all to the music industry. That does not apply. That's Dante Ferrando. He's the owner of The Black Cat, a live music venue in Washington, D.C. that focuses on alternative rock. The first thing we look at is when we get a submission through the booking account, um, you know, the first thing is, is this the type of band that works here? A lot of the stuff we get rid of right away and be like, hey, you should contact this other venue. They're more suited for your type of music. Assuming the band is good and fits our style, then the next question is usually, you know, can this band draw anybody? Um, you don't want to put bands on stage, even in the small room, if they're going to draw 10 people. It costs the venue money to put on the show. So you've got to, you know, you're, you're sort of starting negative, even if you're giving, you know, a percentage of the door to the bands. Um, if no one shows up, just the cost of the staff alone and, and turning on the lights is, is enough to lose money if the show does terribly. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the ability for a band to draw is the primary primary thing that gets them booked so essentially showing numbers and showing that i can bring people to this club that's a pretty big factor in in getting a gig that's the main thing can the band draw so so a lot of it is how can they show that they can draw the same thing comes up even with the with the acts that have booking agents you know booking agent will call us about a band if there's no reason for us to think that band would draw, I mean, the booking agent has a little more leverage to get in the door and to get us to check out the material. But it's definitely by no means like you're still not going to book a band that has no reason to draw anybody. Showing the numbers is great. If somebody can do that, it really helps. I, I feel like you won't draw nobody. Show the numbers. Convince me. That's what Dante says. But how should we do that? How should we present ourselves to venues? If you're a, a German oompa polka band or something like that, yeah, you're, you're not going to try to book yourself into a, a rock and roll club. That's Eddie Armbrister. He's a magician who teaches entrepreneurship and marketing at Tennessee Wesleyan College and the University of Tennessee. He's based in Knoxville, Tennessee and Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The big picture is first, any independent artist 
wants to define the services that they're offering. In uh, marketing speak, you want to define the four P's of marketing, product, place, price, and promotion. So the product is what kind of music, in Brian's case, does he play? And in some cases, that's going to um, dictate which venues would be more attractive for him to approach in terms of his promotion efforts uh, and what pricing scheme there may be relative to other musicians that play similar music that are going after similar venues and sort of what their pricing scheme may be and what they bring to the table. So from Brian's perspective, he would want to look at um, – Based on the services that he performs, he can also then define sort of the place uh, component of the marketing mix in as simple as how far he is willing to travel or where the venues that will host the type of musician that he is uh, are located. It could be a national market. It could be a college market. Um, you name it. So the product and place, uh, and place components um, will then – help you define the segments that you may go after. And then when you touch on the price and the promotion components of the marketing mix, that's when competitive analysis comes into play. I mean, it really comes into play from the very beginning as well. But once you've sort of defined the market segments that you want to pursue, you need to identify what your competition is. Who else is going after those same segments and what sort of uh, are the premier um, attributes of, of what they're offering that you are competing with or that you are better than or attributes that you may offer that bring something new to the table that your, your competition does not bring to the table. And so that's where positioning comes into place. How do you want to position your service, your entertainment, your artist artistry versus other artists that are pursuing that same opportunity? And obviously you want to try to position yourself in some better way that will get you the gig and not your competition. I guess the first thing would be to go to Brian and say, Brian, you need to do some soul searching. That, that's a fact. You do have to define what is it you want to do as an artist. So, yes, soul searching is in it. You've got to define what is it I want to do with my artistry. And, you know, if, there, if you want to define the market in geographic terms as the example I gave before or some other terms, that's where it starts. You have to decide what is it you want to do and achieve as an artist. And then you start those decisions will then drive your segmentation, targeting, and positioning strategies. When, when I say, just to, just to give more layman's terms on segmentation, targeting, and positioning, segmentation is really just dividing the entire potential um, of market or venues uh, or clients, whatever terms you want to use for your services, and then dividing that population of potential clients into segments that are similar within each segment but different across different segments. The way you position yourself then, once you've chosen the segments that are most attractive for what you do and most meet your sort of um, the soul searching, you talked about the, the geographic footprint you want to cover or the types of audiences you prefer to perform for. Then you put together your promotion and pricing strategies, um, and that's how you position your offering relative to the other artists that might be pursuing the same, the same market. Right. So it, it also sounds that this soul searching market segmentation basically I'm increasing the probability that when I go someplace, 
they book me. So it's all about giving myself the best shot. The other reason you go through that process, frankly, is to be more efficient and save money because it doesn't make sense to spend money whatever promotion strategies you're pursuing to go after a segment that simply is not looking for the kind of services that you offer. The, the marketing process, segmentation, targeting, and positioning is it guides in making wiser decisions so you don't wind up wasting money or you don't dilute the perception that the customer has by thinking, well, God, this guy does everything. He says he does children's birthday parties, but he says he does corporate trade show work. I can't imagine the same person. The client thinks they can't imagine the same person being able to effectively entertain both types of audiences, um, in other words. So, yeah, it, 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 it makes your marketing decisions smarter, and it saves time, money, and effort because you've gone through that process strategically, and now you know, I'm going after this segment with this marketing mix, and I'm not going to waste money going after other segments, or if I do go after another segment, it's going to require a different different approach, a different marketing mix, through different marketing channels, those kinds of decisions. A little bit of real-world feedback and a little bit of academic theory. Hopefully, you will use Dante and Eddie's thoughts to market yourself more strategically and to book more gigs. Remember, though, ArtistFile provides general guidance, not advice, on matters of interest to artists. The goal is to enable you to think more intelligently about managing business, not to tell you what to do. For professional advice regarding marketing, consult a local art support organization. And this wraps up the seventh episode of Artist Files 10 episode pilot season. If you want to ask a question or to answer one, visit www.artist-file.com and click on the appropriate link on the right-hand side. Other artists like you can benefit from listening to these episodes and have questions to ask, so please share Artist File. We're in this together. Until next time.